Here at the Mothball Prophecies, we take the spooky season seriously. Perhaps too seriously. To some people, Halloween is a once a year, get dressed up and take candy from strangers kind of holiday. But for us, Halloween is life. Halloween is something you live and breathe. The ghosties and ghoulies come out to play all October long. So to spread the good word of our blessed holiday, we've made available some All Hallows Eve Mothball merch. Come and celebrate with us in our tea Public store, The Mothball Prophecies. Find the link to that and so much more in our Instagram bio, or shop with us on themothballprophecies.com. Happy Halloween. You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're joined by another duo, two sisters who have so many similarities to Jill and I that I'm convinced we're all related. Pretty sure we are. Weird (laughs) way. They are the owners of Redbird Vintage, a monthly subscription box. Please welcome to the show, Karen and Sarah. Welcome. Hi. (laughs) Happy to be here. We are so excited. You guys are on the East Coast. We're damn near on the West Coast. And so we got our coffee going. You guys are almost ready for a nap, I think. (laughs) I hope. Yeah. And when I say that we all have these similarities, it is when I was reading the email that you guys sent us, I was like, holy shit. I text Jill and I was like, these are your people. (laughs) She did. She literally did. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I grew up with a super glam grandma. I was her only granddaughter and she pushed all of the vintage stuff on me and I got all of her extra makeup and jewelry and costume stuff. And my grandparents were an Air Force family and traveled. And Jill is an Air Force brat, too. I am proud. So she did. What? Yes. So she did the traveling and living in different places just like you guys did. So I was so excited to get to have this perspective (laughs) because I've lived in the same area my entire life. Yeah. But I wasn't that Air Force family where we traveled so much. If you remember, I had to lie that I lived in Antarctica. I know, but you moved to different places. You moved to different bases. Yeah, I did. So that's more than I did. It's true. So where did you guys, so was it both of your parents or one of your parents was in the Air Force? Just one, our dad. Just your dad. Yeah, Yeah. it was my dad too. Where did you guys live primarily? Like what bases were you at? Where did you go? Oh man. Um, so South Carolina, North Carolina, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Germany. Then, yeah. I went to college when I went to college, I graduated from North Carolina and went to college in Texas because that's for in-state tuition. My parents were paying taxes. And when that happened, Karen, we moved, moved to Germany, moved to Germany with them. And then I think you guys moved back to New Jersey. Yeah. So we had, so it was kind of cool the way that it worked out because my dad had three tours in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and then two tours in at McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey. Oh, wow. So w- one thing that, that we 
didn't have growing up a lot was grow- was growing up with the same people. Uh-huh. So when we were told, oh, you're going back to this base, we were suddenly back in school, you know, with people we went to, you know, third grade with, you know, and then I went to high school with them or, you know, and so it was neat seeing them, people that we didn't keep in touch with. And then suddenly you're, you're, you're back with them. But, um, but yeah. And then, um, and they, moved they to Florida, Florida and they fell retired up. here. And none of us thought we were going to end up in Florida. Mm-hmm. But then after college, I traveled a little and then was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, who knows what I I'm guess doing. I'll go live in Florida now. And I met my husband within like six months of being mm-hmm. here. We were married within like a year. And then he got a job in Texas. We were in Texas for four or five years. And then moved back here because I popped out a couple kids and I couldn't do it on my own. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I need some help. And then I got you to move here. Yeah. So she was in, yeah. I, so after college, I, like Sarah, said, I have no idea what I'm doing. And my mom said, move to Florida until you figure it out. So moved to Florida and saved up money because I wanted to live in New York City. Like that was always the game plan. And then when I saved up enough money, I moved there, lived there for 10 years. And Sarah and I, during that time, when she was in Texas, we started Redbird. and. Um, and she was building the business there in, in San Antonio, Texas. And then they moved here. It expanded. I was coming down from New York. It started becoming once a yeah. month, you know, yeah, when I could. Um, yeah. But it, you know, it gets exhausting. And when you have um, a fear of flying <laughs> and you have to fly, you know, once a month, you know, it just takes its toll. And then Sarah, Sarah was like, hey, you got to move down here. Yeah. It's, it's growing. We want it to grow unless you move down here. We can't expand. Right, and I said, right, right. okay. And I approached my now fiance and I said, Hey, how about you pack up everything? All you know is New York. Yeah. Born and raised wow. in New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, let's give Florida a try. And he goes, you're out of your mind. But after some convincing, we decided it took us a year to prepare for the move. Um, and then moved down here. And three weeks later, our apartment caught on fire. <gasps> um, in New York. In New York. Oh, Sorry, my. we should have specified that. I was the like, wait, what? We lived in, caught oh on fire. God. And Joe, who's somebody who's like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a signs person, but I feel like every, like, everything has just kind of fallen into place. Mm-hmm. And then when the, when we found out it was, um, when, when that happened, he just was like that, that was a sign. That was a sign that we just, we made the right choice yeah. to move to Florida. And within a year of being here, she got engaged <laughs> and they bought a house and they got a dog. Oh my yeah. God. Well, I feel like you're we, settling in. Yeah. yeah. You were, you were <laughs> all meant to live in the sunshine state. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. So. apparently. Jeez Louise. Well, and what I want to talk about, because you guys started collecting at fairly young age, right? I mean, you were imbued to collect like I was. It was like, I don't know, like by proxy with our grandmothers. Like, here's what you're like. And you were surrounded by their stuff. When you guys were moving around and you stayed in the States and then went to Germany. But where did your grandmother live? Like, where were you guys coming back to when you came to visit her in the summer? San Antonio, Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Which is where our parents, my mom was born and raised there. 
my father, our grandfather, um, was also Air Force. And then he ended up in San Antonio when my dad was, I mean, how old was he? I don't want to misquote this. He was, it was older though. He was like 10 or so. Oh, when he moved to San Antonio? Yeah, that they were there for a while. It's okay. If your dad sends us a letter, we'll refer him to our imaginary lawyer. It's like, do you know me at all? I know. I like, want to say he was a little older. Because they met, our parents were uh, high school, sweet. they went to separate high schools. Oh. Um, but they met at a drive-in um, of, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Oh my they met. God. And um, the story goes is that my dad, my mom wouldn't give him her phone number. And so my dad says that he went to the phone book and ripped it out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, why wouldn't mom give the phone number. And so we're like, dad, had you been drinking? And was mom. <laughs> but it's cute. And so they've been together ever since. Oh my God. I love that. And so San Antonio was where everyone were, to, where our both sets of grandparents and all of our extended family lived. So we would spend uh, at least like a month there almost how old every your summer. Grandparents? Or how old were, would they be? Um, oh my goodness. So our, our grandmother who was the inspiration of this box. She passed in 2002 and she was like 86. So uh, maybe our grandparents knew each other because they spent a ton of time in San Antonio. So, and it's air force and I don't know. Stranger things have happened. This is true. (laughs) Cause my mom, like my mom and my uncle, they spent a lot of their um, time was in England during the cold war. And they had like 13 years collectively that they spent there at that duty station that's no longer a duty station anymore it's not a base anymore but that's where like a lot of their love for what they collected came was a lot of it's a heavily english influenced collecting what was some of the things when you would go to your grandmother's house what was the stuff that your grandma was collecting and surrounding herself with clothes jewelry handbags Mm -hmm. furniture um the furniture is what, I mean, when we were, I mean, cause I told Sarah, so she had this front living room. So as soon as you walked in, it was a time capsule into, especially this front living room. It was the fifties and she had this red velvet couch that has now circulated between when Sarah and I lived together and Sarah owned it. And now it's in my front room as well as this, um, floral chair. My dad was telling me the story about the red couch and how like she'd had it repolstered when, you know, he was in high school or something. And, um, but so this front room though, and it had, you know, one of those grand record players and just all of the figurines and things. And I, I never went in that room because and this is funny. Cause so we were talking about this because Karen was like, she was talking about the red couch because she, we were, I think one of your questions might've been like, what's your favorite item? Mm-hmm. And my son, this red couch that I inherited from my grandmother. And, um, and Karen was like, yeah, like I was never allowed to go in that room. And I was like, <laughs> that's like the only, like, that's the room that I went to. Like I, that's where I fed. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, they just didn't trust you. I, I don't, I had sticky fingers and muddy feet. <laughs> well, that's my grandmother's house is like the same way. It is a museum and there are, there is stuff everywhere. And it was like, you walked around with your hands in your pockets and then you would just sit on the couch slowly <laughs> and then get She up. also, um, she had, so the girls, we have an older sister and then a younger brother. 
And um, Meredith, our oldest sister, and, and the two of us would share one of the rooms in the front. And then our bathroom was the pink bathroom. And so everything was, it had the pink tiling, the pink bathtub. She had the dove pink soap, pink oh, everything. And so awesome. I told myself when I have my own place, I'm going to have a pink bathroom. I will have a pink bathroom. And so I couldn't have one in New York because you have one bathroom and, right. you know, and everything's also falling apart. But so when we moved to Florida, we, and we have two bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, can you imagine? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like and you really so... made it when you have a second bathroom? <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow, uh, this is it. This is it. You I, did it. I, you did success. it. <laughs> two bathrooms. And so I told Joe, I said, one of these bathrooms is going to be the pink bathroom. And so since moving here, we have the pink bathroom. And Sarah's daughter, Juliet, yeah. talks about going Car- to Aunt Karen's, Karen's and her cool pink bathroom. Oh, did it. You Maybe. fucking did it. You made it for yeah. her. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like to ha- for her to have that memory is really special. The, you know, and yeah. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Congratulations. That is, I, <laughs> I have like it. What is it about your, a grandparent's house that feels just like magic? and celestial like you're just in a place mm-hmm. as in it's because maybe they love you more and they're not your parent and they're like here eat this candy and eat this and eat like you get yes. everything you want and then you're surrounded by their sights and smells oh yeah yeah and a huge thing for me with what i collect now is like chasing that kind of childhood high of ease i guess and happiness mm-hmm. and what have you like i yeah i it's a huge sentiment thing for me. And we talk about it a lot on the show of your collections don't necessarily need to be worth thousands of dollars. It has to be worth hundreds and thousands of memories. And you guys got some, your grandmother has since passed on, which is devastating when you lose a matriarch of your family, but you guys got to go through her stuff and carry on, which I'm going to need pictures of that couch, by the way, we're going to need to I see know. that. And, and well, so, yeah. You guys were talking about the clothes that she had, and my grandmother's huge on the clothes, but I want to hear more about this the dresses you guys were getting from her and the things you guys chose to take from her and carry on. Because I took things from my grandfather when he passed away that were of just sentiment. Like I took his shirts that he always wore and his black cowboy boots, his coffee cup, and his belt buckles. Like I took the things that were like closest to who he was. When you guys were going through in mourning, like what were some of the things that you were pulled to from her collection? You have the gold dress and the orange dress. And the orange dress. So both, both were handmade pieces. Um, and this gold dress, I tried it on, I want to say, I didn't even try it on until college. Like, so, so she passed, so she passed away my senior year of high school. And I want to say that I didn't even wear this gold dress until, um, my junior year that there was, you know, maybe a new year's Eve event. Mm. And it didn't even occur to me to, cause the uh, occur to me to wear it. Like, it just seems so fancy to me. Um, and a little special, like I felt I like, I, maybe I felt like I wasn't grown up enough to wear it. Yeah. And then finally there was this moment where I, I wore it and it fit perfectly. It just, it was, and I wore it for many, many years, at least 10 years. And then I started dating Joe and gaining all <laughs> a ton of weight because he sold he got older. He sells, he's when we started dating, he sold Ghirardelli and then he sold oh, beer and God. now he sells wine. So it's like, are you guys uh, looking no to chance. have like any type of plural marriage or I know like, like yeah. I could sign up for the chocolate and <laughs> like the wine. And the wine. I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> so, um, 
so that, so the, and that dress is still sitting in, in my closet and it's put away until, you know, we decide, you know, yeah, to, whatever. To, to give it to Juliet. And then there was this orange dress, which I don't know if you wore the orange dress. It's kind of like a wool dress, but you have cuter pictures of you in it. Yeah. I don't know if I have any pictures because I took her like Hawaiian moo dresses. Yeah. All throughout college. But because when I went to college, it wasn't, we didn't have like, you know, the camera phones. And so I don't think I have any pictures. I mean, I have the dresses upstairs, but yeah. Meredith used to wear, so the orange dress is kind of um, on us. So our grandmother was much shorter than us and we're taller. I mean, she, we were at least like six, seven inches taller than her. So the Mm. dress would fall above our knees, whereas on her, it would fall like almost, you know, below Mm. the knees. And so we would kind of wear like knee high boots and have, you know, it was a very sixties handmade wool dress. And it was my favorite thing to wear. That's just a great way to update it and make it work through the time period that you're wearing it. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, what's so great about vintage pieces is you can update them in certain ways, mm-hmm. alter them in certain ways to make them work now. But the craftsmanship doesn't exist in garment wear like it did back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it was my grandmother used to give me stuff all the time that she'd my grandma's a huge QVC HSN. Oh, yeah. Shopper. I think all grandmas are. I think it's a prerequisite when you fill out the form to be a grandma. <laughs> Although I was looking at something in a QVC. I was like, oh, God, that's cute. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> it was like pre it was a grandma grandmazon yeah <laughs> that's what it was it was grandmazon before we had amazon and did you did you take any did she have like costume jewelry or jewelry jewelry or a mix of both in her house i think it was mostly costume that we got and mm-hmm. i know i still have i still have some of that in my jewelry box yeah she had a bunch of these so when i was a kid so in the room that we all shared when we went to visit um, she had, um, a gorgeous bedroom set, you know, dresser vanity, um, bed set. And we used to sit in front of that vanity and one play. of the drawers was filled with just a bunch of her costumes. And probably she was like, oh, this is old stuff. And I'll just leave it in here mm-hmm. for the grandkids. But like to us, it was like, it's like diamonds. It's like the bobble, the bobble, the bobble, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. things yeah. like that. And so to me, those were the epitome of style and, and, elegance. you know, elegance. And I remember they were also in the drawer because she was like missing a pair. And I, and I'd like look in the mirror and I'd only face like this side, <laughs> uh, you know, one side of the uh-huh. mirror, but, like I'm so fancy with my Tinkerbell lip gloss and, and pull your and all hair all over to one side so you could leave the house. Like uh-huh. the earring. <laughs> and this. she had, so our aunt Cheryl, um, was born in the late forties. His dad was born in 53. So she had, so when she turned 16, she had her coming out. Um, and, and there was a picture of her and my grandpa, my grandpa was in his air force, um, dress and she was wearing her white, um, you know, uh, you know, sixties dress with the long gloves. And I would stare at that picture and just think, wow, like she, she's like Meg Ryan, with like longer blonde hair and just, I mean, I don't like, she's just, and she has three daughters as well. So we are three of our cousins or our, our girl cousins mm-hmm. um, and Cheryl's daughters. And they're all just like these blonde little angels. Yeah. But, but yeah, she just, and she photographs beautifully. Just yeah. unreal. And then they had a, she had a picture of her and our uncle Wayne and our uncle Wayne was also in the service. And he, I remember he had those big black glasses, uh-huh. you know, in the sixties, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it was just this, you know, this picture of them as a couple, a young couple. And so to see just, the way that they looked and the way that they carried themselves. And I always loved looking at photos of my aunt Cheryl because she just, 
was stunning, you know, those she pictures. Is still, she is she still, still stunning. Uh, but <laughs> as, as a little girl, seeing those yeah. photos was just a huge inspiration. I think that that might also be where I pull some of my 60s, 50s and 60s, you know, love photos. Mm-hmm. of that style was, you know. Yeah, because I, I remember cool. looking at like my grandmother's senior portrait from high school mm-hmm. and it was when they still did like the dramatic posing. And I think I imagine her holding on to a pole from the other side of the frame like leaning the doing the leaning yeah. back and then she has like the fur stole and it's that soft airbrushed picture and I was like will I ever be that graceful in my entire life like will will my kids ever look back at a picture and be like man she had it going on probably not no because in my <laughs> pictures I have like the fan wave <laughs> like with my bangs and stuff my daughter actually saw it and she's like what what were you thinking and I'm like it was cool just well, shut up. Just, just enjoy it. I mean, she's going to have that moment. I got to say the nineties did a huge disservice <laughs> to us. Such uh, a huge disservice. Just, because that's the thing. So it's funny because you see these, um, the, these comparison photos of somebody who's a teenager now who's 13 years old and they just are so put together. Yeah. And then, and then somebody does their photo of when they were 13. And, and I feel like there is this, you know, no, I mean, it's definitely it's a huge difference. How? Because then you go back and the kids in the 50s and 60s were all, were just so put together. Mm-hmm. too. And yeah. Like, like it just skipped the 90s. Like we were on our own, like figure it out yourself. And, and like, the only option was like blue eyeshadow or white sparkles. So much sparkle. Like I remember when I was able to wear makeup, like the palette was just shades of blue pastels and <laughs> And my mom was like, you I, can only wear it to church. And I was like, great choice. <laughs> <laughs> Roll in with just these gigantic blue eyes. Hey, who me? I don't know her. Look at how great Peace I Peace be with you. I Peace know. be with you. This is my eyeshadow. Oh, this lipstick? It's Clinique. Oh, yeah. I know it's orange, but it's Clinique. So. Oh, man. I don't oh. have room for you. Because my grandma used to give me like the bastard makeup from her collection. <laughs> That she'd get. So she'd be like, here, I got this for you. And it'd be a whole like case yeah. of wrong colors and that like eyebrow powder. And so I would just be like, this is, this is style. <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to wear. Yeah. Because your grandma gave it to you. So you're like, all right, grandma knows what she's doing. <laughs> no, grandma really didn't. Update. Newsflash. <laughs> Did not. <laughs> Did not know. And I should not have been yeah. doing, doing any of that. And yeah, I look back at some of those pictures and I'm like, (laughs) was my mom mad at me? I know. That's why she was like, yeah, go ahead. Leave the house. (laughs) Like, I remember I'm just like, mom, why did you let me do that? And she's like, well, you look so adorable. And I'm like, no, like I I would never let my child like, yeah, you look awesome. I'd be like, no, sit your ass down. We're going to fix this. (laughs) We got to take care of this real, real fast. So did your parents collect at all or was it because you were moving so much? It was very pared down. They didn't. I don't feel like they really collected. I know dad always took stuff from like certain areas, especially when you guys went to Germany. I feel like yeah. he came back and whenever he would travel, he would always, the first night that he came back, he would always have like present time because he would go away for like two weeks to, mm-hmm. I don't know, to like two um, months, months to six months to so come time. We do present time. And so wherever he'd been, he gives us stuff. And it's kind of like, I feel like, we all kind of knew that it was like special stuff though, you know, mm-hmm. like we kind of knew, okay, well we should hold on to this because this is from, I, don't know, I can't 
That's okay. I can't think of anywhere except for... We did live in Carlisle, Pennsylvania for a year. Yeah. And that area, one, it's like one of the most haunted towns to ever exist. Um, But it's it's super old. Um, And so that's when I remember, and I was 12... And that's when I remember seeing my parents going to antique stores. That's when I got my first big and, set of bedroom furniture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was from Carlisle. Is that yeah. The, the antique stores there were just like incredible. I, yeah. I remember going there to like almost every weekend we would st- like after church or something, we would stop and we'd go into the antique store. What were your parents looking for? Were they just looking for anything cool in particular? Or did I mean, they have... I'd like to go to the antique store. I feel like she just kind of went because right. they'd like to yeah. look. I remember they got a couple of things. I remember she got a vanity one time that I really liked and I wanted to steal. Um, <laughs> um, and then like little, maybe like end tables and things like that. Um, but yeah, so, but it was just a also admiring and, um, and looking at things yeah. um, that we, that we liked a lot, the window shopping. And that's how it was for us too. It was just like the fun family outing to go peruse all the junk not and not junk but like just stuff yeah. that you don't see all of it in one place other than an antique store because you can't go mm-hmm. in that many people's houses it's very no, fun you can't i i go by sarah or i tell sarah all the time i was like they need to just have a national open up your house so that we can come inside every day mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know and then people can do a sign-in sheet and you know just because like we'll pass by, you know, Sarah, Sarah loves real estate. Um, well you do like, no, like do. she's, you I know, do. she loves, <laughs> she's like, like she loves, me. <laughs> I do. but you love like, I'm always looking for like, yeah. um, Sarah's, Sarah's like the, for like, the, like the historic homes. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. The historic homes. Oh, they yeah. like had their plumbing redone already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that aren't the expensive money traps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to, to go by those neighborhoods and, and I mean, one of my favorite you know, blogs to follow or Instagrams to follow is cheap old houses. Oh my God. And, yes. yeah. um, and to see these things, and I was like, Sarah, we can get a house in Illinois for, for $20,000. Like, what are we doing? And she's like, no, there's, they, it doesn't have any bathrooms. Or... <laughs> there's <laughs> like you a anything. tree hanging like, mix, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just need there's, something, there's something really wrong. Cause we talk about it in yeah. a previous episode where like, if I see a house that I've been curious about go up on the market, I pull my phone out and pull the Zillow app up. And I'm like, what's this fucker mm-hmm. look like? Let's get into what do the bathrooms look like? I know it was built in the fifties. Show me what, mm-hmm. show me the money. Uh huh. And then I'm yeah. like, you're strange. Like, I know. Then it's like, why do you have gold everywhere yeah. or purple <laughs> shag carpet on the walls or a carpeted bathroom? And yeah. You kept it. <gasps> the first house. So when Sarah moved to Florida, she and I moved into a house together that was built in, I want to say the seventies. And so the our landlord was showing us and it had wood paneling on the um, walls. And he was like, yeah, in each panel was a uh, shag carpeting that we ripped down. And at first I joked and I was like, no, but now I'm kind of thinking, no, I kind of <laughs> wish that you had kept that. But it was a, an interesting, that, that was a cool house because they had different tiling, cool, um, just really cool bathrooms, like cool, uh, night, uh, light fish fixtures and oh, like the swag, like mosaic tiling and different mm-hmm. in the different bathrooms. It was just, it had a lot of charm that townhouse. It did. And he had renovated, he owned the one right next to it too. And we went over there. Um, and he had renovated his whole side, oh. which, so it was like really mo- No, I'm like, it was, I mean, it wasn't even as cute as, oh, as it was just all new. 
Right. But, um, but I remember being able to see the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, our version of paneling is shiplap. Like this generation's version of paneling is shiplap. Because people are just like, yep, shiplap it. Put it up. Let's do it. Farmhouse it up. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. Well, and I was, you know, the shag on the walls. Like, that's why all of the vacuums has the long hose and like the pull behind. Mm-hmm. Because so 95% of their house your was walls. carpet. Yeah. Oh, and these, a lot yeah. of people still smoked in their houses. Good oh. Lord. You're like living Which, inside of a coffee filter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Things I didn't were, think about that. Like we were talking about this. This is a little sidebar. We were talking the other day. I was at breakfast at a local restaurant and it used to be smoking. One side was smoking. One side was non-smoking. And I was like, what a fucking time to be alive where you just go to a restaurant. And you're like, we smoke in our house, but we're going to sit in the non-smoking section of this restaurant. Because we don't want people to know. Well, even like, even though there was a smoking and non-smoke, you could still smell the smoke. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like a wall went up and like, <laughs> the smoke no was like, smoke is I actually hit. can't go over there and hang out, guys. That's the non-smoking <laughs> section. I can't <laughs> go that way. Yeah. Because it was, and it was so normal. Yeah. it was. You, My and- first job in college was at a, um, a dive bar called Schooners and and it wasn't very big and they had a smoking section, a non-smoking section. And I remember thinking the same thing, like the smoking no section sense. is just up two steps <laughs> deep away yeah. from like the first table. And I remember going home and just like, or going to my dorm room and reeking of smoke and coming home at like 2 a.m. and being like, the last thing I want to do is take a dorm shower. But yeah, I'm, you know, disgusting right now. Well, was- and now, you know... How times change. I know. Yeah, now it's, you know, you can barely, which it's a good thing. <laughs> you know, I get it. Like, I still have friends that are smokers, and I was a smoker at one time. But now I'm, like, I'm very grateful to have my spaces and other places that don't have, like, a thousand smokers outside. Not to disparage any smokers. I get it. Uh, yeah. Just... yeah. Uh, no judgment, okay? No, no judgment. No, let's... <laughs> Let's be, uh, we are friends with smokers. We just don't happen to smoke. I tried smoking in college. My freshman year, I tried because my roommate smoked and she would come upstairs and she'd say, I just made 10 friends. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I was like, how'd you make 10 friends? And she goes, we're all smoking downstairs. So my best friend, Brittany and I were like, okay, look, we never bought a pack of cigarettes in our entire life. We went to the gas station, got a pack of cigarettes, shared it downstairs. And we were just like, Hi, yeah. We're, hey, yeah, no, we smoke. We're freshmen to try to make friends because that's where everyone was meeting each other. We're downstairs mm-hmm. smoking. It's like a gateway to heavy drugs. Doing something. <laughs> 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 two weeks later, there were two weeks really later, two I was, boys doing some crack cocaine. And I was like, said, this is how I meet boys. <laughs> Hi, are we friends now? Who, me? Cocaine? <laughs> you bet. And you do finger guns at them yeah. all the time. Let's However, party. that was because we went to Texas Tech, so that was oh, our. Oh, um... I have friends that went to Texas Tech too. I am lost. <laughs> but this is. <laughs> I am from Idaho. What is? Is this a? That's the whole the guns up. Yeah, like at like... the games, the football games. Any? Yeah. yeah so, so, games, so you'd yeah. be like, Tech, go Tech, go Tech. You know, yeah. I remember one time when I moved to Florida. Not yet, baby. Um, <laughs> when I moved to Florida, I had my Texas Tech sticker still on my my truck, and I and I and I kept seeing movement in my rearview mirror. And so I looked at my rearview mirror, and I saw someone going like this, and I was like, "Oh my god, how fun <laughs> that it was somebody who like knew Texas Tech and was doing the guns up signal." Yeah, was it not that? 
or was I, it? That, that's, I, that's what I thought it was. That's where I thought it was going. I thought you were going to be like, and then I realized he was actually using his middle finger. Guys, you know, now that you're saying it, I don't know. I've kind of blocked it. Oh, man. Now I'm just going to be like, whenever somebody's slipping me off, I'm going to be like, Texas Tech. And I'm just going to do it back. (laughs) Like, huge fan. I love sports. I love it. I love the football. Oh, well, you know. Sam, I'm going to introduce you to a bunch of new stuff this next year. I was just going to say, I know sports, but that makes it sound like I don't know sports. I know sports. So much sports. All the sports. (laughs) All the balls with the throwing. I I do that. Sweet Jesus. (laughs) I grew up playing sports. I'm the only girl with three brothers. It was not an option <laughs> to not. And they would just throw me in to play a game of horse or pig so it could be over faster <laughs> and just slam dunk on me because I was the youngest. Shit we were the me. opposite. Meredith, our oldest sister, was a track star. But then we all tried to do sports. And my, our mom was like, I think that you'd be better suited in the arts or something. <laughs> Yeah, you're not very good. Yeah, I played basketball, but then I came home. I'm like, I'm trying out for cheerleading. And my parents are like, what? Like, huh? And then I came home like, I made it. Look at me. I'm wearing short skirts. And my mom's like, I don't know who you are right now. You're like, no, cool. Now I'm going to go listen to gangster rap in the parking lot while I learn this cheer, mom. Yeah, back up. Back up. I was a badass. I agree. I believe it. I believe it. I just did the mascot thing. I went to the other side of it. Yeah. It's full anonymous in a giant potato suit. (laughs) We'll get back to the show instead of sports corner. When you guys, so talk to me about starting your subscription box because I'm, there's nothing like it. There's no vintage subscription boxes other than Redbird. What started that for the two of you? Where did that jump off from? Um, I had, so I had had, my second baby, I think Juliet was maybe like a year or two old. And I had, I had an Etsy shop for a while where I would take vintage clothing and uh, like ugly 80s dresses and just make them into things like people could wear like today without people being like, ew, look at that mm-hmm. ugly 80s dress. So, um, so I already had a ton of vintage items and, um, and so I've had Juliet and I didn't want to go out in public because I just, it was, I was exhausted. And so I started ordering everything in with subscription boxes. And that's like, I just discovered subscription boxes. And so literally everything was subscription boxes. And, and I was writing blog entries about subscription boxes. And then Karen must've read something where I had, you maybe, maybe I, some posted, I posted something about where it had my little Etsy shop and, um, and subscription boxes kind of intertwined and Karen on my Facebook page wrote a comment on it and she was like, you should start a vintage subscription box. And I was like, yes. And so I called her and I was like, you need to delete your comment because someone (laughs) else is going to see this and take the idea. And, um, and it happened real fast. I mean, I think we got it all together within a month or two. And, um, and then we went, I was in Texas, she was in New York and we were launching it in November. Our September, September, September when we went to um, our parents had rented a beach house to get all the kids. Like they were like, please come and see us. And so the way to do that <laughs> is you rent a house on the beach and you invite, you know, your children. So we all flew and we were like, well, let's launch it while we're all here. And, and we're both, we're very anxious. We're very anxious about it because we're like, oh my gosh, like we're going to make this live and we're going to sell like 10,000 subscriptions. We're not going to have enough price. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. 
I mean, like we were, we were, we were very confident (laughs) in our idea. And so we sit down and we launch it, we make it live. And we literally, I think we sat at the computer for probably an hour, just like waiting for somebody. Hitting refresh. To buy it. (laughs) And nobody bought anything for probably two weeks, I think. And then we got one email from a blogger who was like, Hey, can you send me a free box? And we were like, we need to sound professional. So I think we told her, we were like, well, we only do 50% off. And so she bought it for 50% off. And we were like, yes, this is amazing. And, um, and it, and you know, it just, it just took some time and it, it caught on and it grew. And about a year after we had done it, um, we had Veronique, um, Auguste reach out. Mm -hmm. And then her friend, Hannah, we had a couple like influencers reach out and say, I love what you're doing. And, um, and so we sent them stuff and through them, um, Rachel Maxi, I guess she's friends with Veronique and she is, she's a YouTuber. Um, and, um, and she reached out and was like, would love to, you know, show off one of your boxes. And, um, and we were like, cool. And at the time with our, with our influencers, like we always got like a little bump from them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that was always really great. And then after Rachel did her video, it was like, things just changed. And, and my whole opinion of influencers, because sometimes I feel like, you know, you see influencers who are like, Oh, look at this lipstick and Oh, look at this product. And you're like, "Mm, okay, nice, nice job you have there. And you're kind of judgmental after Rachel, my whole opinion of them, like they can change your whole business. Mm -hmm. If you get, if you get the right people who are going to support you, um, there's, there's nothing. And so, and we've never paid influencers just because, um, I think we we feel, well, we can't, and it's also, we just, we just feel, we feel weird about it. You know, like, you know, we want you to, if we, it doesn't come across as honest when you're paying for their review. Yeah. Yeah. And they also Mm -hmm. have to write like hashtag paid ad. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just don't like that. So, so we never have. And, um, and, and Rachel has done a lot of unboxings for us and, um, and really just, just changed the, the business. And, um, and through that, I don't, we really don't. And since then, we, we don't, we really don't work with influencers anymore. Um, just because our subscribers will do videos, yeah. um, they'll do posts. And I just feel like word of mouth is, it's just the, it's just the, the best way. Yeah. It's done. It's done what you want it, it to do. You yeah. want it to take so, a life of its own. We had the same anxieties yeah, when we would, launched as the you're show. talking about your launching. I'm like, Oh God, that was us. The we day really one, like, when we put the show out, we were like refreshing the numbers all day long. And we were like, yeah, like oh in God. the day before we were like, are we sure we're going to do this? We're going to do this. Are we sure? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's so weird. But yeah, we're the same way. Like, it's kind of organic. Like, we want it to organically happen. And build on itself. You know, I don't want to... I want people to listen to the show and actually enjoy it and not feel like I need to make a post about this because I feel obligated to make a post about it. I Mm -hmm. want people to genuinely like it. And I think that's a... That is even just a truer testament to what you guys Mm -hmm. are building and the integrity of your company of being... We want people to love it as much as we fall in love with it. And you don't want the bullshit. And I, I, I admire that as a consumer because as soon as I see something that's like a paid ad or a sponsored ad or what, my brain is just like, nope, let's turn it off. You have to wonder like, okay, well, so how much did they get paid? Because Mm -hmm. I mean, you could pay me a thousand dollars and I'll be like, I love, you know, this kind of coffee, even if I've never, like, I mean, I'm sorry, everybody's got to make a buck. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Especially this year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so we did it. And then. 
And then, so it was gaining speed and my husband got the job back in Florida. So we moved it back to Florida and, um, and worked out of the, my uh, guest room and the loft area of my house. And, um, and then eventually enough money was coming in that, um, we could afford, we, we purchased a home in um, a little historic pocket downtown mm-hmm. that we moved stuff in. And, um, I told Karen, like, can you quit your job? I was like, you need to move down here. I was like, it's making money. I was like, you, like, you need to come now or I'm going to have to hire someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so like, you need to be here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah. And so it all, and it just, you know, we, with coronavirus, you know, we were nervous that things were going to, um, Fall apart. fall apart a little bit. Um, and this is a testament to just our, um, our girls. We, um, you know, we sell out, we sell it every month because it's still just the two of us. We have, and we also have a shopper named Sydney who is a godsend, like literally could not keep doing the clothing boxes without her. She's amazing. And she moved down here for about three months too. Um, and, um, and she does, she does a lot of the clothing shopping still, but, um, you know, it's just two of us to, putting the boxes together. And so we have to kind of, we have to cap it every month. Otherwise people are going to start getting, you know, right. Mm-hmm. A bunch of junk in their box because we get stressed out. Yeah. And, um, and so when coronavirus happened, we had very few girls who canceled because, because of it. And, um, and anyone who, any, for every girl who like canceled or skipped, we, we were able to easily pick up more girls and our current girls would like spend extra money. Like we had multiple girls who were like, I can get, I can afford two of the big boxes this month. Oh. Or they would buy like a bunch of add-on items or they would buy like like boxes for their friends, like just to make sure that we didn't have any kind of um, lag in, yeah. in what we were doing. And, um, and it just, it is because I think, I think both of us would love to really, really dive into it and hire like five people and maybe get a warehouse and just leave the clothing boxes open and leave the Marie's of the accessory boxes open like all month long. And, and, um, but I just a hundred percent feel like it's going to lose, it's going to lose what makes it special mm-hmm. if, if we do that. So it might never be like a multi-million dollar company because I don't, I'm not, I'm just not sure. It because, really, well, we yeah. know what our bandwidth is and what, and so what Sarah's saying, like what keeps it special is that, so, I mean, we've, we've got like 300 yeah. subscribers, 300 Very subscribers. Cool. So we know like and, each and every one and we email mm-hmm. back and forth with them and, and we, yeah, well. we, we do, we get to know them and they, they feel comfortable enough to ask us for special requests if something happens and they need something or they need their box early or they, you know, and when we get, cause we have been getting frequently more emails that say I'm having to cancel because I've lost my job yeah. or my spouse has lost their job or I'm having to move cross country because I've lost my, you know, and, and it is across the board, an apologetic tone and a somber tone of, I'm really sad to have yeah. to say goodbye to you. But yeah. we, immediately write them back and say, you, the most important thing is you, you've got to take care of yourself. There's a spot for you whenever you want to yeah. come back. Cause I think that they're always worried because we do sell out that there's not going to be a space for them. And we're like, there's always space for you. Like worry about yourself first and then come back. Um, and so, and, and, and on that same note, a lot of people will say, I'm keeping this subscription because it's like getting a gift every single month. It makes me so happy to see that box on my doorstep once a month. It's an escape from what's going on in the world right now. Well, and, and we do, we have, 
when oh, you can't ahead. when you can't you can't thrift really right now you can't you couldn't go out and curate your own stuff mm-hmm. and i don't know about you guys but being home for 10 weeks like not being able to do anything i was like i'm gonna keep the food in the house i want to eat the stuff i want to drink the shit i want to watch like the selfishness went out the window and yeah. like i'm gonna have all my creature comforts and it's mm-hmm. changed my perspective going forward on the things I want, which I just think that's beautiful that you were able to participate in the metamorphosis that we all had during this mm-hmm. and to create a, something that somebody was like, I'm seeing my friends in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we love is we, we started a Facebook group for our subscribers and it's been a way for our subscribers to support one another. So if they have YouTube channels, like we, we will see somebody will post their unboxing and we'll see other subscribers commenting just the nicest things that we feel like we've helped create a community in, you know, with, when, when it comes to fashion, when it comes to exposing yourself and showing like what you've done with your hair, what you've done with your makeup. And it can be such a, um, it can, it can turn negative. It can Mm -hmm, turn judgy. mm -hmm. And what we have loved is that we are fostering this environment of positivity and that everyone is supporting one another and people love sharing what they've gotten in their boxes or how they're styling their items and people are, and they're making friends. Mm -hmm. So that's also a really cool thing that we've, that we've done. And that's, yeah, that's a great, safe Mm -hmm. space to create because, you know, we talk about this a couple of times in different episodes. Growing up female is hard because we're taught to be hard on each other, to like climb some proverbial ladder. And then as you get older, you're like, wow, that's not the way to do this. Mm -hmm. I just need to, I need to be in a community of strong females and make other females feel strong and empowered and worthy of what they have. Mm-hmm. That's what's yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a big thing, especially lately, like, like the whole saying, you know, you find your tribe. Mm-hmm. And once you find those people, it's like, oh, I'm not that different because these people see the mm-hmm. value in what I do because they do the same thing. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's incredible when you, I love that you guys are creating that, especially now this year when it's so desperately needed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So when you guys do these boxes, do you guys, where do you get all the stuff to fill these boxes with? Do you put them together yourselves? I'm assuming like what, how does it, it, without revealing too many industry secrets. Yeah. How does it all work? It's where everybody gets it. Like I said, you know, we have Sydney and she lives in, um, Knoxville. In Knoxville. I always want to say Nashville, but, um, but it's because she travels and she travels all over there and she travels to all the surrounding States. And then, um, in Virginia, my sister-in-law will occasionally shop for us too. Um, and then otherwise it's, you know, it's eBay, it's Etsy, it's estate sales, it's flea markets, thrift stores. Um, there are, cause I think there are now three women who, um, online, I just say, this is my budget. Send me the stuff. And I don't even bother, they don't even bother to send me pictures anymore. Cause they just kind of know. They get it. But mm-hmm. what we want, there's, we met a local woman here who Karen's been going there like once a month to go ahead and just go through. It's like, she goes through her stash and just, um, wow. yeah. So I mean, it's just, it's just constantly warehouses. We have the warehouses mm-hmm. too. It's a constant treasure yeah. hunt, mm-hmm. constant. Um, and some days, yeah, it can get exhausting and we're like, oh my God, all we like, the last thing we want to do is go and sweat in the warehouse. Yeah. But 
Um, but sometimes you, you know, you find those really special items and you find something that you're like, this is going to be great for that person. Like I'm going to set this aside for this person. This is exactly what they're looking for. And, um, but yeah, so all over and friends, friends will send stuff, parents, friends will Mm -hmm. send stuff, subscribers. Oh my gosh. This girl, Sarah in Canada, she didn't even tell us she was sending anything. We got something to our PO box. It's just a big box. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so what subscriber sent her stuff back without telling us mm-hmm, that she was yeah. returning it? And um, and I open it up and it is filled with dead stock lingerie with like tags attached with the ads from the magazines cut out with each piece. And then there's just a note that's just like, I just love you guys. My mother's been collecting lingerie her whole life. Oh I don't know. And at the time we really weren't doing anything with lingerie. And, um, and she's like, I don't know if you, you know, have any use for this, but I just thought you would appreciate it and everything there. I was literally crying. I think I sent you a video where I was crying <laughs> with taking a, a like, oh my gosh, look what Sarah sent us. And, um, and she did it twice because they mm-hmm. had more stuff. And um, that was, and um, I mean, it was, it was just mind blowing that, that somebody would, um, do that for us us and Mm -hmm. send that to us when like she could have listed it on eBay and gotten like a thousand dollars for this amazing collection. Um, and we've had, had, yeah, we've had a couple. And then Danielle, one of the girls, she makes like, what is her, um, um, Wood like books. wooden book oh, books wow. that you open up oh. and like treasure stuff. And she yeah. made us one with like a cardinal on it that said red bird. And, and we've had, we've had, yeah, we've had a lot of subscribers who have sent us. Just sent us. Really. Like and red clothes bird. and jewelry. And, and then a couple of them um, will, like a couple, like every few months, we'll be like, okay, I'm going to send you back the stuff that like didn't work. And um, so we'll just send us a box back of stuff. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll like pad their box with extras. But it's just, I mean, so it's just constantly like an influx of stuff coming mm-hmm. in. And explain to us a little bit. You, I know you wrote it for me for, in your email, but I want our listeners to know where the name Redbird comes from and why you um, went with that. So we really couldn't, we couldn't think of a name, but um, our grandmother collected um, cardinals. So tons and tons and tons of cardinals. So it was, that was really important to her. And my father, after she died, started seeing cardinals everywhere. And, um, and we were kind of like, always like, okay, dad, you know, yeah, no, that's, that's grandma, that's grandma. And then I do remember, so I moved to Texas and I was pregnant with my son and, uh, and I didn't know anybody there and I missed my mom and I was sitting on our back porch with my dog and I was crying and a cardinal flew down and sat right next to me. And now keep in mind, we're also, we're living in San Antonio, Texas now, which is where my grandmother, you know, that's where we always, mm-hmm. because that's where my husband got his job. But she was, she had passed by this point. And um, that cardinal sat next to me for like, I would say two minutes while I just sat there and cried. I'm going to start crying again. Well, she does this every <laughs> time. <laughs> no, but it, but it, <laughs> that, uh, but that convinced me in, in that legend or whatever you want to call it. And, and I know you've had carnal experiences. And so we kept on, but when we were coming up with names, I think we kept on saying things like Cardinal box and crazy box. Cardinal. <laughs> and cardinal. And then my husband was finally like, why don't you name it Redbird? Not, like, not yet, Jay. Redbird vintage. And I was like, yes. And so I'm texting Karen. I'm like, um, Jay, honey, what do you need out here though? <laughs> Does she want to come say hi? You want what? Well, Okay, you can't turn on the TV out here, though. TV's only in my room. Yeah. She's been good. It's been an she hour. She just slammed the door. 
She's like, you son of a bitch. She's like, I want that. I want that TV. We're almost finished. But um, I, I have the same kind of things with when my grandfather passed away. I really struggled with it because I was so close to him. And there would be times of the same thing where I would just be kind of sitting in my grief and an animal would come and visit me. And there was one time I was in Island Park, which is outside of Yellowstone here. And I was sitting on this cabin steps and I was reading a book and I was just so sad. And this robin came and sat directly in front of me and just like looked at me. And then a fox mm-hmm. came and then I was like, okay, hi, grandpa. I see you. Thanks. And then a couple of weeks later, I had just cut my grandmother's hair. I do hair for a living. I had just cut my grandmother's hair and it was the same year he had passed away. And um, I always cry. And so I, uh, I go to sit outside when I was still a smoker and I'm sitting there. And my grandma left and I'm sad. And my shop, the salon I work at is in the middle of town, right? And all of a sudden, this ground squirrel came from nowhere, which is like this tiny little rodent, came from nowhere and ran a, to the top of my shoe and sat, looked straight. It gives me goosebumps. Looked straight at me and peeped. Like, it's oh, fine. I thought you were going to say peed. Yeah, just peed on I know. We would have done that. I was like, that's a different kind of sign. I know. Got up, squeaked at me like, hey, like to d- get my attention and then ran off and onto the ditch bank. Aww. And I just, lo- I started sobbing and I was like, hi, grandpa, I see you. And that's how he always, I he comes to me as an animal. So when I read that in your email, I was like, I, I love that because it's so true. It's so true. And they know they're like, hey, this is a familiar thing that you could connect me to. And there's stories like that that run along with lots of people mm-hmm. with different items. And no, I love that. that I is, love that. That's cute. I do too. And I think it, like you need that every once in a while. Just somebody uh-huh. to say, you're doing good. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah. And that's in, this is the same thing when we're gardening. A robin will come and sit on top of whatever I'm doing in my line of sight to be like, hey. Good job. Nice garden. Because I I gardened with my grandpa. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, okay, thanks for the boost, Paps. I appreciate that. So where can our listeners find Redbird Vintage? How do they go about getting a subscription box? Where do they find you guys? You take Oh, (laughs) so you can go to redbirdvintagebox.com. And from there, you'll be greeted immediately with the subscription boxes, the Lorene, the Marie, um, or the Scarf Sub. Um, the Lorene is our clothing box for $100 a month. The Marie is our accessory box for $50 a month. And the Scarf Sub is uh, scarves, clearly, for $25 a month. Um, you, you click which subscription you'd like. You'll be prompted to fill out a survey. Um, and then within 24 hours, Sarah and I will send you an email with follow-up questions and then giving you more ins and outs regarding your subscription so that you're sure to get the the biggest bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you aren't, if you are worrisome about subscribing, we do have a one-time purchase box. Um, so you can get a a one, you know, one box whenever you like, or if you want to send it as a gift, it's a perfect gift. And we also have um, pre-made boxes that come packaged already. So if you want to send those as a gift or you want to see if you if you don't like surprises, you'll, you know, you can see what vintage goes in there. We have a men's, um, surprise box. And then we have a children's, um, su- surprise box, which is, which is called Juliet's after uh, Sarah's daughter, um, yeah. tots treasures. So and it comes with that stuff together. Yeah. Uh, Cause we have, well, cause like we have like a bunch of jewelry that, you know, like the plastic beads mm-hmm. and you know, like the stretchy bracelets and stuff like that, that we normally wouldn't really give subscribers, but 
for kids, right? Because a little sticker pack. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, oh, that's I love cute. That. That's so cute. Yeah. And we'll make sure to put all your links and stuff on the, the, our website, themothballprophecies.com. We'll have all the links to go to their subscription boxes and their social media. We'll link your YouTube and your Instagram on there. And your, do you have a Facebook, right, too? We do have a Facebook. Yeah. We do not have a Twitter because I don't know how that... I'm not creative enough to do Twitter. We tried. Oh, terrible. <laughs> We use Twitter to share our Instagram photos. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, me too. That is exactly that's, that's what, what I do. we do. Because I don't know how. I can't be, I'm snarky, but I can't, I'm like, I'll work on it. We'll polish <laughs> each other. We'll do it. So the last part of the show is my favorite, not Jill's favorite. This is the worst. And this is the imaginary estate sale walkthrough. Okay. So, and you've listened to the show, so I know you, you kind of know what to expect. So today we are at the Springview Antique Show in Ohio, in the flea market. The great big setup and tents. This is in future times when there's no coronavirus to worry yeah. about. And we're just walking through. We're here to pick. We brought our, we brought all the money we can spend. We got our trailers. We're ready to go. Okay. And we are here to pick from some of the best collections that we can find in one place. The first booth we come to is filled with, and you can only pick one thing, right? And we, so this first one we come to is the costume jewelry booth and it is filled with costume jewelry and brooches, but they're selling everything as lots. Okay. They have a lot that they need to move. And one lot is filled with art deco costume jewelry and it has rings, earrings, and necklaces. Okay. While the other lot is jeweled brooches with bugs and animals and things like that. And you can only choose one lot. It's either the art deco bag or the animal and bug bag. I'm going Art Deco. That was fast. I know, because you said rings. I love rings. <laughs> there it is. I'm what definitely are... doing the animals. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Good good question. Good question. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the... I am wearing a spider brooch right I now. I do notice that. I love that. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go... I mean, because I think Sarah, you, you'd go, yeah, because I can see Sarah going for like the leopard and the, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, and I, oh God, <laughs> there's spider brooches in that. Yeah. I'm taking, I'm taking the whole lot. Yeah. Okay. So Sarah and I are fighting over the bug lot and the animal lot. <laughs> and that's the one I go with too. Cause my grandma, I saw your spider brooch and I'm like, because <laughs> my grandma has bug brooches and I have on my apron at work, I have bug brooches. So yeah. I was like, so you all fight over that, and I'll just hoard mine. And I'm like, yeah, this is easy. I know. <laughs> so the next stop that we go to, the next booth, is filled with vintage beauty items and some antique beauty items. But there are three items to choose from, and we can pick two of the three. So there is a complete traveling set of inlaid mother and pearl and brass alloy, and it has brushes and combs and mirrors. It was the big traveling set you'd put in your cute case and take with you. There's also a lot of vintage compacts, uh, different ones, whatever your fancy is. Or there's a set of vintage hair combs, the one used instead of clips to secure your hair. And it's a broad collection. They kind of cover all of the time frame. Damn, I got too cocky on that first one because every time. I know. Which one? What two are you going with? The compacts for sure. I'm doing compacts. Yeah. We get two. Yeah, you got two. I know. I'm, go- I'm going for the brush set and the combs. So I'm not going for compacts. Well, so I'll do compacts and combs. See, again, <laughs> these two have found the loophole. <laughs> <laughs> they figured it out. I know. Oh, yeah. 
I think I'm all best. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch. I know. Compacts and the hair combs. I'm going to go with the traveling set and the compacts. See, and I already have buyer's remorse. So there you go. All the Every time stuff. it's completely that will be fake. our like level of hell in Dante's Inferno is all of the antiques we walked away from in this one. Okay, the last stop is a booth full of vintage clothing. Okay, you have the freedom to pick what you want, but you could only pick one style. Okay, so there is a choice of picking between dresses, skirts, or sweaters. You can only pick through one of the piles, but the what you take home is infinite. I'm sweaters. Yeah, yeah. I'm also sweaters. I, I, I'm dresses. I wear dresses all the time. Love the dresses. See, I think I'm gonna go skirts. I know. I shocked you. Oh, <laughs> I do love a vintage skirt. I do too. They're so cute. Yeah. And if they're like stretchy enough, it goes over my big hips. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And I love a big grandpa sweater, like an old wool sweater to wear, yep. to wander around my house aimlessly like <laughs> I'm a widow or something. Just be like, oh, that's why I'm wearing a gigantic sweater today. Isn't that what you told? Was it you who said that to me or Ryan? <laughs> I was wearing, I was, no, I was, cause I wear, I wear the sweater, like the, you know, the big sweaters around the house. Yeah. And I thought it was you who said, you look like you're mourning your dead husband. <laughs> Was that not you? It could have been me. <laughs> if it wasn't you, then it was my husband. He's like it looks like it looks like you're a widow, like mourning. I mean, that's so funny. You should go get a sweater after this if it's still raining, mm-hmm. and peek through the window <laughs> with a cup of coffee and just yeah. and, be, and be like, get off my lawn! <laughs> hey, you damn kids! What did I tell you? There's a hurricane outside. Get out of here! well thank you guys so much for sitting down with us today i can't wait to order my very own redbird vintage box yeah i can't wait to pick through that i'm gonna send one to my friend as a christmas present i know that's like i'm just like ooh, yes i'm very excited thank you guys so much for sitting down with us today i can't wait to see where redbird goes for you guys i think you really have something neat yeah you do thank you thank you for having us yeah thank you so much for thinking of us oh man yeah it was an easy choice yeah easy choice all right have a darling day yeah you too you guys Bye. bye bye you know this episode would not have happened without our copy editor kate spell check no She is the one that said, hey, I think these guys would make a really excellent guest on the show. And she sent me the information. And I was like, you're damn right. They would make a fantastic guest on the show. They were so fantastic. And their idea for the subscription box is genius. Yeah. Especially, I mean, what a great year to do that when people can't thrift and shop an antique. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I was, when I initially looked at it, I was like, oh, this is great. And then I was like, how does it, you know, how do they do this? And to hear that they're hand curating... Yes, and that they do each individual box oh. and stuff. And like they know, you know, like person, like it's just, it's yeah. so great. I can't wait to order them for people and to have, and to order my own. I wanted, we should do an unboxing. <gasps> oh my God, let's do that. Because I, I, I want to see what they put into it and I want to, it comes in this darling box and I'm. Yeah, and then his, like the story behind the name, mm. that was so cute. I know, you know, when it was, you know, we, we do some research and stuff before we sit down for an interview with people because obviously 
we don't want to fiddle through all the kind of mundane where you're from, right. what's your name, yeah, what's your like, age, what's your sign, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so we get, we send out a, like a pre-show questionnaire. And when I got it back, I was doing Jill's hair the next day. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> These are your fucking people. I know. It's so nice to hear people that lived in the Air Force too, because they get it. Like, even though we, when we, our last base, we've been there forever. It still didn't feel like my hometown. Right. Like I still, I don't really, when they said, well, where are you from? And I'm like, well. Yeah. I imagine everything feels very temporary. Because yeah. And every what, once in a while. Four years? Yeah. And every once in a while I'll feel that urge. Like I'll tell my husband, I'm like, we got to move. <laughs> and he'll be like, okay. I'm like, no, we need to move out of state. Like we need to move. And he's like, well, uh-huh. Like, I mean, I've been yeah. through you through several of those meltdowns now yeah. that we've been friends. I know. People go, so we're going to be looking at blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you're not. You I know. I get anywhere. a lot of that now. Like, no, you're not moving. Well, now you can't. Well, no, I can't and because you- the house is almost done. I know. Uh, and we're going to do some updates on our fun projects that we've had. Yeah. So the house should be done, oh, fingers crossed, by the end of October. And it looks so so excited I told Jill, I was like I'm so fucking excited to buy stuff for your house <laughs> I know and we were talking um, me and another friend that it's so sad because of all the coronavirus and everything I can't have a like a welcome like yeah. a housewarming party and I love you but please for the love of God don't do one of those drive by things what like where people by? drive by your house and like oh, honk God, it's no. like a parade no I mean I'll probably put I'll just do like my own walk through my house and be like this is it so once this lifts, you all can come and see. Right, you can come hang out. Unless you're part of my quarantine. Well, and, right. And you're, oh, that's me. Yeah. <gasps> I can go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel so happy now. I get to see it. Um, And my equivalent of a house being built is we started, Um, this is the week of the 4th. And we started this last weekend, the official work on my greenhouse. Yes. And it's going to be so cute. And, you know, I have a, my house was built in the fifties and the gazebo in the backyard was built sometime around there. It's very Mm -hmm. old. And it was the only structure in the backyard when we moved in. And I, of course, hashtag coronavirus started gardening a lot heavier this Mm -hmm. year than I did last year. And I've run out of room to start. I start all my own seeds as much as I can, my Mm -hmm. own stuff. It saves a lot of money. Um, which you're going to have to show me how yes, to do. This year. I can't wait. Are you kidding me? I'm like already planning shit to plant for your fucking house. <laughs> um, but I, my dad is super, super crafty and has that engineer kind of brain to build stuff. And I said, I want to turn it into a greenhouse. We have the structure. Let's do it. So we've been working on that for the past like two or three days. Mm-hmm. And which you've gotten a lot done. We in did. That. And I will say I'm super proud of myself. 90% of the materials in this greenhouse are reclaimed. Mm-hmm. The only new stuff we had to buy was the silicone to seal it in, the roof panels, and um, some cedar fencing and a pressure treated. One pressure treated, two by six. Oh, yeah. Is all we've had to buy and everything else I have found um, for free. See, that's the best part. And it, I will post pictures of it when it's all done. I put one of my lamps I tear apart. Yes, that's so cute. I replaced a little point on the top with that. So that's our little life update Yeah, of the building things I in know. our life. So many building things. And we today wasn't like a super heavy Curio Corner no, episode. I'm, no, they mentioned some stuff. It was like, cool, what about that? And I mean, their whole basis of their business was costume jewelry. Yeah. And if you go to their website, they have like such cute 
like such cute stuff. Which the cutest stuff. Like, super adorable. But so one of the things uh, we're going to talk about is the history of costume jewelry. So this article comes from truefacet.com and it says costume jewelry or are designs that use non-precious materials as a cheaper alternative to fine jewelry. These less expensive, trend-driven pieces have an interesting history of their own. We explore the history of costume jewelry from its 18th century European origins to its boom in popularity thanks to Coco Chanel. Wow. Which I didn't know it was like that far back. Which, coming up, guys, we got a doozy for you guys on jewelry. Um, But it says, so early costume jewelry was of the 18th and 19th century, although costume jewelry as we recognize it today, um, did not come about until early 20th century. The concept of costume jewelry can be tracked back to the 18th century. Europeans' ever-growing appetite for fine jewelry with precious stones, namely diamonds, created a need for more cost-effective alternatives, which you could see like the royals and that kind of stuff wearing the yeah, diamonds. They, yeah, and they then, set the trend. Yeah, and so everybody wanted to you know, copy that. Mm-hmm. Which still happens to yeah. this day, but it's celebrities. Yeah, exactly. Um, Enter the French jeweler, George Frederick Strauss. No, I totally did not say that with a French accent. I think you said that right, though. I'm very proud of you. It's like the English version. Good job. Um, Who in 1724 introduced a special leaded glass that, when cut with a metal powder, emulated the magnificent twinkle and shimmer of a genuine diamond. Strauss's inexpensive glass... Dynamite jewelry was immediately popular with Parisian's fashion set. Mm. In 1892, Australian jeweler Daniel Swarovski, guys, I can't talk sometimes. Okay, developed in his own rhinestones that could perfect perfectly resemble the shimmer and shine of colorful gemstones like emeralds, rubies, and sapphires. I'll be damned. I know, son of a bitch, you did it. Did it. I'm pretty sure I have a lot of it. My grandma collects Swarovski crystal. I know a lot of people who do. Hot damn. But um, so he employed a revolutionary glass cutting machine that could quickly and decisively faucet glass with more brilliance than any expert artisan hands historically could. In turn, Swarovski Swarovski <laughs> could mass produce inexpensive crystals. Wow. I know. Like. It's like, it reminds me of uh, back when we talk about Lennox porcelain. Yeah. He's like, I got to fucking get this right. I got to do this. <laughs> what is, uh, cue the music from Mulan to make a man out of you, but yeah. it's, I'm going to make a diamond out of you. I know. Who who <sighs> knew? I I love it. Well, and I, you know, as we were talking to them, I was like, there has to be something behind costume jewelry. Like, because we well, know it now is just like the cheap alternative. Yeah. And I kind of just thought it was a thing that like for the movies. Yeah. I didn't know it was. Oh, I love thing. that perspective. Yeah. For costume. Duh. I mean, that's. Which clip on earrings, let's be real, are the most uncomfortable goddamn thing. True. But for us who can't wear real earrings. I take them. Sorry. I will wear them. Well, Not very often. Have they come a long way? I'm sure there's new. I don't know because I don't really wear jewelry. Let's just get a pair to wear. When, oh, no, we can't wear them when we record because our headphones would fucking oh, push my them gosh. into our head. We'd have such a headache. <laughs> Um, another interesting thing that we talked about, which I love, is that the, one of the towns they lived in, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, 
was a super haunted town. Mm. And come to find out, so haunted as such that an episode of Ghost Hunters was filmed Oh, there. really? So if you want to take that deep dive, go no. watch that episode of Ghost Hunters, no. Jill. I, can't, I will watch it, but it has to be in the midday and I have all the lights on. And my dogs are like on both sides of me. Right. And I'll be texting you reassurance. Like, it's okay. No, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Sam, Sam. <laughs> so Carlisle, Pennsylvania was founded in 1751. And it is named after Carlisle, England, as many towns on the East Coast and that part of the country were heavily British influenced. And there is, this article is from... It's from Pen Live, like a Patriot New. It looks like a uh, penlive.com or live. Looks like they're East Idaho News. Yeah. So there are quite a few businesses and different people that do ghost tours in Carlisle, and there are hundreds of stories of sightings and hauntings in the town. There's a company called Time Walker Tours, they offer historic tours. Um, by the new Carlisle group that doesn't always skew towards paranormal activity. And their stuff is like seasonal historical tours. Oh, so that's my kind of jam. But yeah. it does come to ghost tours. They don't skimp on the option. So there's different options you can take depending on what you're wanting to do. Why do I feel like you're going to make us go there and take one of these tours? Oh, dude, I'm a bitch. I could not do haunted stuff. Like in person, I love to research it. But like doing it, I cannot. I am a baby. It freaks me out. Um, Because that shit will follow you home. I, that's what mm-hmm. I keep saying. Yeah. So where visitors will hear of, they will, of the Cumberland, like from the Cumberland, Cumberland County prison, where visitors will hear of hanging deadly Ooh. duels, triple murders. Um, They show, there's like 75 to 90 minute tours. Another one was the Hessian Powder Magazine. And this was um, the Carlisle Army Barracks in 1777 during the mm-hmm. Revolutionary mm-hmm. War. Mm-mm. And there are lots of books written about this place. And there's accounts of being described as moans and clamoring from the buildings, which was converted long ago into a museum. But one account documented by Campbell even went so far as to say that someone once looked through the window of the building and saw a room as it would have been as an ammunition repository during the war, complete with Hessians toiling away. Tours are free and can be arranged by the Cumberland County Historical Society. Probably not right now. Take a rain check, guys. Yeah, COVID. don't do it. Don't do it. Then there's the old Cumberland County Courthouse. Um, that was This is what was featured on the Ghost Hunters episode, and it was for a good reason. One woman spoke to Penn Live about her experiences in the building in which she will no longer work alone, describing how doors suddenly began slamming on their own. Supposedly, the courthouse is still haunted, by the spirit of a man who hanged on the courthouse grounds. Another one is the old Cumberland County Prison. There's that. Oh, have you done the Boise Prison? Yes. So we did that one. I did it a long time ago. So we did that one. I don't know. It's probably been a while now. Maybe seven years. Yeah. And so we went through it and like the maximum security that creeped me Mm. out. And my dad was like, it's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And so we're going around and like, I'm like, okay. And luckily it was in like bright daylight. The sun was out. So I was just like, okay, the birds are still chirping. We're still good. And we went into the women's prison section. And I'm not even kidding you. I swear the temperature dropped like 10 degrees. Mm. And so I'm reading the stuff on it because it's, you know, it's history and that (laughs) kind of stuff. And 
my dad is like, well, how bad could these women have been? And like, I shit you not. As soon as he made that statement, a string of water hit him smack dab in the middle of the head. And he jumped and we all jumped. And he's like, the roof is leaking. I went where he was. There was no water. Somebody peed on your dad's head. And I was just like, and we're done. We're going to go to the zoo and pet cute animals. And, and we're done. And none of you are welcome to follow me out of this. I bitch. was just like, holy shit. We went on um, in San Francisco. We went to Alcatraz. Oh, God. And if you've ever had the opportunity to do that tour, I highly suggest that they do. It's an audio self-guided tour. Uh-huh. So you put headphones on. Well, they put like creepy fucking noises mm-hmm. in it. So the, no. <laughs> Jill's face is like, no. no. So there's a part where you're coming around where like mm. bombs were going off when the prison was under being ruled by the prisoners. They had taken it captive. And there was like bomb sounds and then like groaning and moaning and banging and all that stuff. And it was really eerie. And yes, everybody sign up. Yeah. So look at that. Look, if you would like to uh, watch that Ghost Hunters episode and then send Jill and I a written essay on your thoughts because we're not going to watch (laughs) it. We're never doing it. No, No. but it is October. We got to include some spoopy stuff. Yes. And because it is the month of October, we would love to hear about your spoopy stuff. Yes. The spoopier, the better. You got weird dolls. We want to know about it. You got haunted stuff. You had weird uh, instances with things that your grandma collected or what have you. Send us an email at themothballprophecies at gmail.com. Or you can send a direct link in our website, themothballprophecies.com. Follow us on Instagram to see all of the information about today's episode and where to find Redbird Vintage along the interwebs at the Mothball Prophecies original on Instagram and Facebook. And come listen to us try to figure out how to talk shit on Twitter at the Mothball Mavens. <laughs> and if you have tips for those, give yeah, them you want to be our tweet writer? Send us a. We'll hook I don't you up. know how to be snarky. I do, but I mean, it doesn't do, come across in text. It just sounds bitchy. And as always. I hope you find some cool shit. And remember, please look under the tables. Unless it's in a dark room, then get yeah, the fuck then out of there. Yeah, then just <laughs> run. Bye. See ya.